As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let me tell you people something. This ain't just a football. This is your hopes, your dreams, your ambitions, your soul in a roll. It's your life. Tomorrow on that field, it's do or die. Win or cry. Go, baby, go! Amen. Tonight when you go home, I want you to brush your little teeth. I want you to wash your little faces. And I want you to dream the sweet dreams of football glory. Because tomorrow we're going to crush the little giants into smithereens. What do you say, men? Little stutter step move by Parsons. Jones fires in the pass. He's intercepted by Diggs. He goes down, and the Cowboys think they've wrapped it up. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. Hey, how about that week three win for your Dallas Cowboys? 23-16 over the New York Giants. We're live. We're breaking it all down. Father John Mishota is reporting in live from that, looks like that weird ski resort thing that they have across from the Meadowlands. I don't know why he's there, but he's live. He's covered the game. We've got KT here live covering it as well on a late night on Monday. I'm Kent producing and um, welcoming in two of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. We've got John and we've got your host with the most, Kevin KT Turner. Hey, KT. Hey man, sorry I got a, I got hyper because uh, hey we're, we we won the season's not over it's not like this is crazy John will this go down in uh, in Cowboys history as the CD Lamb game another Cooper Rush game or the Demarcus Lawrence half Ooh those are all those are good options I think as long as they keep winning with Cooper Rush I, I think he'll get the headlines and he'll get the most notoriety if we're looking at this down the road, but in terms of just, you know, the differences in this game, you know, that's CD lamb overcoming the huge drop early in the game, seeing how frustrated he was on the bench. You know, I don't know how much of that they put on TV, but immediately after he had the second drop, I got my binoculars and I was just watching him on the, on go to the bench and, you know, slam down his helmet. He was obviously frustrated and Trayvon Diggs was one of the first guys over there and Demarcus Lawrence trying to calm him down and, I asked Cooper Rush after the game, did you say anything to him at that time? He's like, no, I just, you know, I know CD, CD, he's going to, if he gets the opportunities, 
he'll be there. You know, he's just too talented not to. And obviously you see that catch. Uh, one of the best catches we've seen from a Cowboys receiver in, in a while. I put that up there with some of the better ones uh, that I've seen, not at the Meadowlands, but uh, considering that uh, we've seen the Odell Beckham catch here, but that was still the amazing, amazing grab there in the corner of the end zone. It's such a huge moment on top of it. So uh, I don't think this Giants team is, you know, one of the best teams in the league, right? Let's not get that twisted, but uh, to get this win after, uh, they were kind of playing with their food, KT, as you would say, in the first half, and I felt like they should have had a bigger lead than they did at halftime uh, to fight back the way they did. Uh, yeah, you got to be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, what were you thinking at halftime? I mean, they dominated the entire first half and could not, you know, extend that lead. I mean, the CD Lamb drop really stands out, but like, what were you, what were you thinking at halftime? I'm not interviewing you like you're a player. <laughs> Almost like that there was not going to be a touchdown score. Like this is going to be a 12, nine final. And I don't know, which is fine for a noon one o'clock game on Sunday. But I mean, Monday night football, you know, that, the, you know, this game's getting crazy ratings. And so, and then the other part of it is the way it's looking, you're like, all right, now these two teams are going to play each other again on Thanksgiving. And that will be one of the top, I don't know, five, six, seven TV shows of the year. So you're hoping that it's, you know, more of what the second half was than the first half, but the second half made up for it big time. But at halftime, I was thinking, are either of these teams going to get even close enough to score a touchdown? Uh, do they have the firepower to score a touchdown? Because if you take away, okay, Michael Gallup doesn't play. CD's dropping passes that he should absolutely catch. Uh, where where else is your offense coming? Now, they were running the ball well, I'll give them that. But were they running it well enough that you thought that they were going to just keep handing it off and they were going to go... 80 yards down the field and just handoffs? Probably not. There was going to have to be some big passes somewhere. And eventually they were there in the second half. But in the first half, there's no way that I was expecting that to happen. I wasn't expecting CD to play as well. as I think on that one drive, on his touchdown drive, I think he they said he caught four balls for 48 yards on that drive alone. So no, I wasn't expecting any of that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like the first uh, drive of the game, you get the Farniak, um, the penalty, it's like, okay, well, there's the drive killer, the one holding from what we're calling a week of sleep. And the big story, or one of the big stories leading up to this game, Jason Peters is going to be active. Right. And then Jason Peters kind of comes in and plays a little bit of guard. He actually had a couple of nice blocks that that sprung some some big runs. Do you feel like we're probably looking at a world, I mean, I, I, so we can talk about this later in the week, looking at a world where Peters starts at left guard next week? You know, I, I don't know if he starts, but it, we're looking at a, at a world where, yeah, he's going to start playing yeah. more and more. Uh, he clearly can play left guard in this league. Uh, and then when you have all those penalties, you got to get your best five out there that aren't going to put you behind the ball like that. That was another thing. I'm glad you brought that up because that, that was another thing I was thinking about at halftime is, you know, they're on pace for a 10 penalty game, you know, and if yeah. that happens, are they going to be able to win a game like that? And especially when it's the, uh, you know, pre-snap stuff, like we had talked about here on before, um, you know, those are, those are the things that concern you because you're just, you're wondering, is that going to get any better in the second half? But if their goal continues to be, Hey, we're going to put our best five out there. I don't know how Jason Peters isn't one of your, one of your best five. Now, Hey, when McGovern gets back and I saw him last week working on the resistance cords, I'm sure he's getting close. He's probably another week or two away. Um, but I think Jason Peters has got a good chance to, to get that job. And I think there's a good possibility that that's the starting lineup maybe for the rest of the season, Tyler Smith, Jason Peters, Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele, if they can stay, all stay mm -hmm. healthy. Well, what would you think about the tight ends as well? Let's throw that in there. Because uh, Hendershot and uh, Jake Ferguson get a little time. Yeah. Like Hendershot got – well, I don't know. Let's see. Pull up the box score here. How many catches did Hendershot have there? 
Let's see. Uh, I got the final one right here. I just grabbed a final book here. We got final individual statistics. We have Peyton Hendershot on three catches, uh, on three targets, 43 yards. All right. 14 yards. Uh, uh, I mean, and catching all three that come your way in yeah. a game that I will say this. I think everybody on the team knew it was probably a long shot for Dalton Schultz. It was going to be one of these game time decisions. Hey, if you go out there and you feel maybe the best you felt, you know, since the injury, maybe we'll give you a chance to go. But there was talk last week that McCune was going to be up because they needed an extra tight end. And as soon as I heard that, it just made me think, okay, that's probably unlikely uh, that you're going to have uh, Dalton Schultz in this game. So yeah, Hendershot shows up, get catches all three balls thrown his way for 43 yards. Ferguson uh, catches two for 13 yards. Um, you know, yeah, that's pretty solid considering the fact that, you know, you didn't have your franchise tag tight end in there. And the other thing is that there's probably a pretty good chance you're going to get Dalton Schultz and you're going to get Michael Gallup back next week. Cause there was an outside chance they could have played this week. And now you buy him another, another week. It seems like there's a, a good possibility that they're both back uh, next week. So that obviously helps the offense a lot. And, and able to get something going, running the ball too, helps you a little bit there. I mean, 13 hey, real quick. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at these stats. I just want to run this one by yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Get, I want to get your opinion on this. Can you imagine if our if our podcast was to talk about the Giants? And oh when God. I'm looking at this and we're talking about the receivers, three targets to Kenny Galladay, zero catches. Kadarius Tony, nothing. I mean, just can you Kenny imagine? almost got booed out of the building. Can you just imagine what we would be talking about when those are two of your biggest perimeter player investments that you have, whether it's free agency in the draft and getting nothing like that. I mean, I just know how bad it is for Tolbert who obviously was nice that he was able to get out here and make his debut. He's a third round pick. He's a third round pick and he gets out there and he's targeted twice and he caught the one for four yards. You know, I didn't think that he was going to have some huge game, but it was good to get him out there and, and, and get him some reps in an actual NFL game. But man, when I look at that, Going off of what we had talked about on the previous podcast, going into this game about Tony and Galladay, it's just like, man, that, that's got to be so frustrating. And hey, probably some of it goes on Daniel Jones, obviously, as well. Yeah, well, and the Cowboys keeping pressure on them pretty much all night. I mean, Daniel Jones is going to be sore tomorrow. Right. And it feels like almost every Sunday or Monday that we do this podcast that we are talking about the quarterback from the other team you know, icing their bodies a little bit. You know, like it was a rough one for Joe Burrow last week too, right? So, uh, as good as that, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, I thought uh, Dorrance Armstrong was there. The blocked kick uh, for Dorrance Armstrong in the first half continues to flash. Micah still is causing problems. Uh, it wasn't your typical uh, Micah Parsons uh, Yeah, just throwing score. people around. Yeah, just, yeah, really honestly just creating havoc for other guys to come in and get sacks. I thought Osa flashed a little bit. Like Sam Williams got close a few times. I know everyone's probably thinking about that penalty, but he got close yeah. a few times. Like, dude, the defensive line continues to be just incredible. Hey, on the on the final uh, defensive stats, all right. New York Giants, their defense sacks zero, quarterback yeah. hits two, Cowboys sacks five, quarterback hits twelve. D- Dorrance Armstrong had two quarterback hits. Micah Parsons had two. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence had three. Donovan Wilson had the one. Uh, who else? Who else? And then Dante. Fa- oh wait, no wait. Two one. Oh, Quentin Bohanna had one. Sorry, Anthony Barr. Yeah, That's what we were talking man. about last week. John is just the depth of this defense is like yeah, pretty amazing across the board Pos- by p- position. It's not just one position right. that's deep. It's across the board. Everybody's making plays. And I mean, you can argue about 
the quality of whatever teams you're playing. But if you watch all of these games through the first three weeks, <clears throat> there's just so much parody in the NFL right now. And for you to go three consecutive games where you only allow one touchdown per game, you're going to, I don't care how bad your offense is. You're going to win a decent amount of games. If you're, if your defense can continue to do this. So uh, that's an incredible run that they're on right now. So obviously if they keep that going, uh, they should be in pretty good shape for the rest of the year. Obviously, they got to stay healthy. Though. You know, there are moments in this game tonight where, you know, Trayvon Diggs is on the sideline and you're like, ooh, is that an ankle? Is that a knee? What is that? I think he was just cramping. And then there was an, and he obviously went back in the game. And then that Demarcus Lawrence point, he had three sacks early on. And then all of a sudden he's on the sideline and I seen him, they're untaping his his uh, left foot. And I'm thinking, is he out for the game? He doesn't have his helmet with him. Uh, next thing you know, he I saw him like high-fiving some, some of his teammates. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe he's saying that he's out. Then, then I can't even find him on the sideline. He goes to the locker room. And so then I'm really thinking he's done for the game. You're not getting any announcement from the team on what's going on. And all of a sudden, here he comes running back out, gets his helmet, and he's back out there at the end of the game. So I, I feel like they dodged a couple of bullets there because if you were to lose it to Marcus Lawrence or Trayvon Diggs, obviously that's both of either of those is huge. Yeah, yeah. I think Stevie uh, just popped in with the comments as we could have easily beaten the crap out of him. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It, it actually really – uh, that's the thing is like the fact that this was a close game or a seven point game is kind of a little shocking. They had so many opportunities to really extend the lead. Uh, we talked about the CD Lamb drop a little bit, but he redeemed himself there. The Trayvon Diggs interception that just went through his hands and a missed opportunity kind of redeems right. himself at the end though with the with the game clincher, even though it was kind of thrown right in his lap. Still a good athletic play to go ahead and show his hands and ball skills to make that catch. Like that's important. Yeah. How close do you think Diggs was to having more than one interception from like, we're in the kind of the corner where I'm at right now is actually one of the Cowboys uh, coaching booths. I don't know if it was offense or defense, but this is just the spot I went to because I could close a door. Uh, But so I'm right on the 50 right now looking ahead, but where we're at in the press box, we're off to the side. And I felt like he could have had at least one more interception, but I don't know, like on the TV copy, did it look like you could add maybe two or three? Cause I know he got close. There were three that jumped out and one was in the first half. Um, okay. the, the other one, the, the obvious one though, is it's six to three. Uh, this is on the same drive where they had a third and 14 and Jordan Lewis got called for uh legal contact. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, yeah. Giants, so, you know, giants in their own territory on third and 14, you feel like with it's the giants, you had them, you had them stopped. And then, uh, yeah, the interception goes right through his hands. You know, I think about what was so frustrating to me. I mean, the CD lamb thing does continue to jump out. I don't want to get into penalties. Honestly, you got a few calls your your way and a few calls sure. against you. That's kind of every week is pretty balanced. I, I don't want to go down that road today. I thought it was pretty balanced overall. Um, the the one thing that I kept saying, though, the thing about the Giants is they're not good. We know that. But there is one guy who can keep make it one big play that could kind of change things. And Absolutely. we've seen Saquon Barkley have how many, <laughs> how many big plays and he did it. And I was like, man, that's the reason you can't play with our food <laughs> right and keep it that one score game and he got that as a go no but the cowboys to come back on that next drive and do what they did that says a lot about the entire thing i think it says a lot about how they're coached and like you know uh comfort and and things like that to not be overwhelmed by that situation and throw your hands up and freak out cooper rush says a lot about him and how calm he is like that drive was spectacular because I don't know. There, there's some years past where you'd go, man, that's where it would all kind of snowball right there. And then the game's over. 
it's funny because with the Saquon Barkley thing, and I know he has, he's been hurt, so he's got a ways to go to get to the level I'm about to mention. So I'm not making this apples to apples comparison, but you know, watching the Lions for as long as I have, sometimes when I see Saquon Barkley, it reminds me a little bit of Barry Sanders, a little bit of Calvin Johnson. We were just like, man, you hope that I know Cowboys fans don't want to hear this, but you hope that they can put some talent around him so that he can meet his potential. Cause there's a ton of teams in this league that if he was on, like, can you just imagine if Saquon Barkley, if you tri- let just flap flip flop Saquon Barkley with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, just yeah. what he would be doing in that chiefs offense with Patrick Mahomes and that. So uh, he's obviously got to stay healthy, but when he is, you're you're right. He is he's the one guy that you're out here if if you're the Cowboys that you're so concerned with because yeah, he had the one touchdown. But if I felt like if you keep giving him the ball, he could add two three plays like that. And you know the, the thing when that happens, though the the Cowboys come back with nine plays, seventy five yards. Noah Brown five catches again tonight. We've talked a lot about his connection with Cooper Rush. So and they're not he, easy catches, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I wonder. Like, he's not going to be your separator, right? Where you're just right. going to have clean throws and things like that. But when Gallup comes back and you have to run consistently three wide receivers out there, Noah Brown's got to be the third guy. It's good to see Jalen Tolbert get out there. He had the one catch. There was the deep ball where I, I thought, I'm going off the TV copy, dude, and they didn't spend a lot of time on the TV copy of they hit him on both slow-mo. Hands. I thought he turned into a goldfish, yeah, uh, and he, he just kind of he turned into dinosaur arms, Gold you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, which you know, I, I just it, that's a ball that's got to be caught. But I often see this with receivers when they break into the league. You, they have those instances where you go, okay, that was a learning uh, thing right there, and he'll make the next catch. Right. And I, I, it's frustrating because we've all been a little frustrated with the Jalen Tolbert, but maybe it's just like small school guy, give him a little time, continue to develop. Cause his skill set is definitely what they want with, uh, uh, with CD Lamb and Michael Gallup. Noah Brown's probably not the skill set they want to pair with CD Lamb and Michael Gallup, but that might be your best option right now because I'll be damned. You're throwing the ball. He's probably going to come down with it. Well, not only that, look at the way the Giants were defending him. There there was two blatant hold calls that weren't called against one on on both on him. The second one is probably the most fired up and uh angered I've ever seen Kellen Moore uh going after the refs because when you see especially when you see the replay and you see there's actually two guys that bracket him that both hold him uh and then nothing's even called that the fact that nobody would have seen that. And I'm not really big on the whole, let's blame refs for this and that, but there were those two calls stand out to me a lot where when you see the replay of them, you're like, I don't understand how that wasn't called. It seems pretty obvious. And then the other one was obviously in the end zone earlier in the game. But obviously if he's receiving that type of attention from another team, he's on everyone's radar and oh, Hey, maybe he doesn't have the same impact with a bunch of other quarterbacks, but there's clearly some type of rapport that's been built between him and Cooper rush. Cooper trusts him. No one knows, you know, kind of Cooper's tendencies on his throws and where the ball is going to kind of be. And they just seem to be on the same page. So um, if, if CD can put the drops to the side and he plays like he did in the second half and you get Gallup back healthy and your top three receivers are lamb Gallup and Noah Brown. That's not, that's not bad. I think like nine out of 10 times, the calls like even out like that first pass should have been like the Sterling Shepard offensive pass interference right was clearly just a guy running through traffic like that was a bad I call agree. I was like okay they even out 
So when Kellen gets mad on third and one, here is my thought there. And tell me if you agree. Against the Giants, who have done pretty much nothing outside of one big Saquon right. Barkley play, on third and one there, I'm not throwing the ball. Right. No matter what. And I, the aggressive play against 25 other teams in the league, I'm probably throwing the ball if I want to there. Or I have, like, I'm running the ball there, and I get that the guy would have been open. It would have been a score. But against the Giants right there, just plunge ahead, get the first down, keep the clock right. moving. And if you don't get I it, agree. you kick the field goal and go up 10. They're not going to score 10 more points on your defense. That's where yeah. I was. But uh, so I thought Kellen was like mad because of the penalty, but also like, dude, it's risky calling a pass play on third and one there. It is. It is. But I don't know. I feel like the way he's called these last two games, that there have been some things that I wouldn't have necessarily think he would have done with a guy that was only making his second and then now third career starts, but you can tell that there's been spots where he wanted to be aggressive. And it was interesting how, when the giants did take the lead, how aggressive the passing game became on the very next series. It was almost like we have this, if we absolutely need to use this, but I also don't want to see Cooper rush have a big turnover that changes this game completely. So let's just do what we have to do. Take care of the ball. We have, we have an outstanding defense. Let's not give them a short field. And, and I really do feel like with Cooper Rush, that's the you know the number one priority. Don't turn the ball over. But then when you go down by seven, then it's like okay, well we got to turn it on a little bit. We got to we're gonna have to open this up, or uh, we can't just keep running the ball, or we're gonna be punting it back to them, and this thing could get out of hand. And it was impressive how they answered. That was that was the biggest drive that they've had this season for sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When it got down to it, you got you held the Giants to, let's see, four plays and then a punt. That's the first drive of the fourth quarter. You come back and score 11 plays, 89 yards, and that's the C.D. Lamb drive, the fourth and four catch. Uh, so, so I mean, I, in a tie game right there with about six minutes left, I think there are some coaches, even though Maher had already missed from 59, I think there's some coaches in the league who go, I'm going to kick a field goal there from 58, 59 yards. Well, it would have been 60 yards, really, with six minutes left, but to take the lead. And yeah. for him to go for it on fourth and four with the backup quarterback, and CeeDee Lamb makes that tough catch 
and barely gets the first down. One of those things where you're praised if you make it and maybe you get grilled for it if you don't. I mean, I guess you could have – the other option is to punt there, but I don't know if you're punting from the 42, like you're the Giants 42. But with six minutes left, it's a type of decision where if you don't get it, you're giving them the ball with five minutes left at the 50-yard line. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's where that game could have swung. So that, that catch, that fourth and four catch might be the play of the game, to be honest. I mean, that might be it. When you see Zeke gets 15 carries – Tony Pollard gets 13. Pollard goes over 100. Zeke sets 73. Zeke averaging five yards a carry. Pollard averaging 8.1. Yeah. Is that the split you'd want to see? I think that closer to 50 50 is probably the way to go. And 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 for several reasons, you know, I guess it matters from team to team. Uh, but if you could get that split around 50 50, I think that'd be pretty good for individual games in the long haul of the season to try and keep one Zeke healthy and then two keep Tony Pollard so involved in the offense that you really do have a legit. Cause I, as much as we've talked about them having a legit one, two punch at running back, I always felt like it was Zeke's show and that Tony would be kind of filling in uh, where he needed to. I feel now this season closer to where it's more of a split between the two yeah. of them. It Well, the, the drive. So when it was 2013, and you got the right. ball back. Um, the Cowboys kicked that field goal to make it 23-13. That was a Zeke drive. Right. The Giants come back, kick a field goal, make it 23-16. But two-minute drill, then it was Tony Pollard. So, I like, yeah. were they alternating drives? I guess I didn't notice that if they were. Were they almost alternating drives and then kind of subbing in a little bit? Because I think uh, the scuttlebutt would be like, oh, Tony Pollard uh, turned into your closer tonight. I think it was just more like his turn. I don't think well, it's yeah, I, yeah. That's what I think it is too. Because yeah. and hey, I mean credit to Zeke. Yeah, that the twenty-seven yard run up the Cowboys sideline there that looked like vintage Zeke, where yeah. he was physical, got into some space, was making making plays there. So when you're you're talking about um, when you're talking when they answered. So when New York made it thirteen to six, when the Cowboys answered, it was pretty much all. Zeke on there in terms of touches. Mm-hmm. Um, Zeke was the only one that touched the ball there. Uh, and then you mentioned when they took the lead. Is that the one that you were saying? Yes. That you think it was all Tony? Uh, so, no, that was when yeah. it was 23-16. So, yeah, the Giants had just kicked the field yeah, goal. Yeah, it was, so it was all 23. Tony. Yeah. I was right. like two minutes left. And you then know? the next drive was all Zeke. So maybe you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know they also and let, the next they drive let, was Pollard. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe they're every other every other series. But I, I, I get, I'm going to tell you this right now. That has to do with the team they're playing. Uh, you know, yeah. even though that's how it went this week, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's going to be like that next week. And if it, even if it happens again next, week, it doesn't mean like it's going to be like that the week after that. But it could. I mean, if I they mean, find a rhythm and they think it works because it's keeping the other one fresh, then it makes sense. But obviously, both of them have to stay healthy to do that. So, so where are we at with Dak now? Dak's obviously the stitch is out. Yeah. Um, he was, I, I'm sorry, real quick. I just got to complain about something. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't understand why that's such a big deal. Like, I don't know. Have you guys ever had to get stitches? Um, no. When I was right, like, so like real young, I don't really remember it. <laughs> so I have a, uh, like a really like, I don't know. I, I have a chin that's like easy to break open. So there's been a couple of times where playing basketball, uh, it's, 
it's split open, you know, falling on the ground, diving for a ball, things like that. And then uh, playing football, it's split. So my chin is split open three different times. And on the third time, I just took the stitches out myself. Like it's not that big of a deal. Like I don't understand why everyone, the key with the Zach thing that, or the DAC thing is the getting the swelling down. And when, when he yeah. was in the locker room last week, the swelling was down. Getting the stitches out is not that it's not like, okay, now, now you can throw a tight spiral, you know, it's an, okay. It's another step in the process, but getting the stitches removed, isn't some like, oh, now the stitches are out. Oh, he can play on, he can play next Sunday. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. He still has a grip of football and be able to throw it like he was before, you know, he obviously fractured the thumb. So everything seems to be on track. I, I know it's some, it was, it was interesting after the game. I should have mentioned this first. What a great reporter I am. He did talk a little bit after the game, but he did not want to talk about himself. And I watched multiple waves of people come over and try and, add, you know, oh, hey, you know, I know you're talking about Cooper and the, but what, how are you doing right now? And he would repeatedly say, I don't, I'm not yeah. talking about me. I'm just going to talk about the team or whatever. So he didn't provide an update, but everything appears to be on the right track. You know, we see him out here warming up before the game. I saw him at practice last week out on the field. He's not throwing passes yet, but he doesn't appear to be where he doesn't appear to be that far off, but now it, it has to get to that level where you, he has to throw. And so yeah. next week still seems a little bit premature. Yeah. Don't mess uh, with that, dude. Don't mess yeah. with that. It's Washington and man, it's not, it's not an, e- it's not an easy win, but what Washington team looks very beatable. Carson right. Wentz looks like a guy who is to quote Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. I mean, he is. And even if even if you lose the game, you're two and two. Yeah. You buy Dak another full week, and then he comes back, and you feel a lot better that you know he's closer to completely healthy. Because I, I just I find it hard to believe that he's going to be completely healthy before four to six weeks, because that's when a bone is going to completely heal. So even if you run him out there the following week, you're still kind of in that time frame. So I don't know. I just. I would let Cooper go one more game. What if uh, so week five's at the Rams? I think I might. Let's okay. Walk with me here. Say so, so you beat. Let's let's go. I'm ready to walk. So you beat the Commanders. Let's say you beat yeah. the Commanders. You're, you're three and one. Right. The Eagles are week six, and Mike McCarthy. I know said this before. He's a believer in division games. It's almost like winning two games, right? Right. So like absolutely. Maybe it's like okay, let's make sure Dak's really ready. Let's uh, let's let him sit week five. If Cooper Rush is 3-0, and it's going to be really hard for me to just run Dak out there against Aaron Donald and the Rams. Yeah. I, I might just be yeah. like, hey, let's just let's just wait. And I'll see how he practices and all that. I, I get the nuances of all that stuff. But I am not going down the quarterback controversy no, uh, no, pipeline. No, no, no. I know what you're saying. But maybe I know let exactly Cooper what you're lose a game first. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't think that's going to happen. I think if <laughs> if Dak is, is gripping the ball to where he feels comfortable – and it's not going to be just him feeling comfortable. Obviously, the coaching staff is going to have to see him make all the throws that he's going to need yeah. to make in an NFL game. If he's doing that and he's ready to go, he's getting back in as the starter. There, even though, obviously, Cooper would have the hot hand. He would be coming off of three consecutive wins. I I think Dak gets back in the lineup. The issue, if, if I'm going to walk with you on that, you're going to have to walk with me on this one. The issue is when you run into three and out. Well, now with none of the three and out. Yeah. Oh, offense is sputtering. Then you're going to hear that's when people are going to be like, maybe they should put Rush in right now, you know? So I, I, that stuff could happen for sure. But I don't think the Cowboys look at it from that perspective. They look at it as when Dak is healthy and he feels healthy and he's showing us that he's healthy, 
he's back in there as the starter. There could be a line of thought that says, I'll wait till week six against the Lions, right? The Lions and the Bears. I'm sorry, week seven. And it's that the Eagles Lions and one's going to be the, Bears. the Eagles. The Eagles one's going to be tough for yeah. one, him, and then them because let's be honest, they, yeah. they look like a real problem. They do. And you want to talk about that being like two wins or whatever? It's that's the game that you want them back for. I will say this they're, they do look like a problem, and it is an impressive yeah. win over the Vikings. Who messed around with the Lions? Who messed around with the Eagles? And your other win is against a commander's team that, frankly, quit yesterday. I mean, that hey, was a team and, that gave up. And let's be honest. Early in the season, we've seen this Cowboys team get off to some hot starts. And then you have what I will call a Denver game where someone does something, slows things down, maybe keeps Hurts in the pocket, puts a little bit of pressure on them making him where he can't get out of the pocket and he has to win with, I don't know, 35, 40 throws. Yeah. It doesn't look quite as smooth. Oh, wow. What happens next week? Now that team's adopting that, you know, whatever that plan was. And, and Hey, he, I'm, I'm still saying, I'm not saying he's not having success, but yeah, yeah maybe it doesn't look as much as it did these first three weeks. So yeah, that's always possible that that happens. But, but from what I've seen through the first three weeks, I'm not on the Jason Garrett side. I don't know if you saw, I tweeted that quote that he said on NBC that he thinks they're the best team in football. I don't think that that's yeah. the case. I still, I think, uh, I think Buffalo would still be the one for me. Um, but I understand they lost and, and, and Philly's role and I get it, but uh, I, I would stop a little short of that, but they look like they certainly have, Jalen Hurts can keep playing like this. They look like a legitimate problem. Yeah, yeah I'm watching like the, the, the Packers and Bucks. We probably take them fairly seriously. The NFC, and there's tons of injuries at the Bucks, and the Packers right. kind of have a cowboy situation at wide receiver where they're just kind of getting through it. Um, but you sit there and go, man, they're not as far off as you think. But you immediately go, well, I guess the Eagles are kind of up there with the Packers and the and the and, and the Rams, of course. I don't want to leave them out. And the but like the Saints are what we thought they would be. I think at this point, I think I thought the Saints might be a little bit better. The Cardinals right. have got off to. A, Kind of a weird start. I mean, it's super early, and I, I understand all that, but I just uh, you're there. Like it's hard to argue. Maybe it's not hard to argue. Maybe it's still too early to see. It's like easy. Like you you play a bad team, like uh, like the Giants, and you, and you kind of struggle with your backup quarterback. You play a great team with your starting quarterback and the Bucks, and you lose to them the way you lost to them in Week One. Whatever. But it is hard to argue that the Cowboys aren't a top seven team in the NFC. And that's where you get kind of frustrated, like, man, there's some things you could do to maybe climb those rankings a little bit. Right now. So where I stand on that is I think the Cowboys would be just fine if if their injury bug was Dak and Tyron Smith. You know, obviously Chargers are going through it right now. The Bills missing a lot on defense this week. If they can avoid a rash of injuries and can keep this crew together. Yeah, I think the Cowboys would be in great shape. The longer this offensive line plays together, the better that that group is going to be. They'll be fine there. Uh, the receiving core, same thing. If you tell me Michael Gallup can get out there and stay healthy, CD stays healthy, Noah Brown stays healthy, Zeke and, and Tony Pollard. I mean, but it's the NFL. It's hard to ask for all that to happen. But if that does happen, oh, this Cowboys team will be will be fine, absolutely, because this defense is absolutely legit. The only thing it's missing right now is it's not taking the ball away like it was last year. Yeah. We knew it wasn't going to repeat with what 34 takeaways, but I still think at the end of the year, they're going to be amongst the lead, league leaders in takeaways. And I think through three games, they only have two right now. They're due to have one of those games where they have two, three takeaways and – 
things go really well from on that side. When that happens, you get some short fields, whether it's Cooper, whether it's stack as quarterback, that'll be, that'll be huge for the offense, but no, they're the Cowboys are fine uh, on paper as, as long as they stay healthy, they got to avoid. And like, again, you're watching this game now you see Lawrence go down, you see Diggs go down. Yeah. They can't afford to lose any of those guys. Micah, you can't afford to lose any of those guys for extended period of time. So they, if the Tyron thing is, is kind of their big loss. And then obviously the Dak setback, and they can avoid any other ones, then I think they'll be fine. 1 a.m. where you are, John. Let's get your parting shots, and then we will reconvene a little later in the week and get ready for the Commanders. Parting shots is, I mean, 2-1, and one, I think that that's where we all would have had them when the schedule first came out. You know, I I felt like they'd split those first two games. I felt like they beat the Giants and, and Washington. Um, so I think they're about where they, where they should be. Um, I obviously didn't anticipate Dak fracturing his thumb. Yeah. I obviously didn't expect that Cooper rush was going to be the starter for multiple games during that stretch and, and play as well as he has being three and zero now as an NFL starter. But my, probably my biggest, my biggest two takeaways from this game were one, it was really good for the defense to see DeMarcus Lawrence have the game that he did uh, because they're not going to be able to win with just Micah being the guy up the, you know, I've listened to some of the Manning cast today with Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson talking about how you just have to double this guy. And that's what teams are going to continue to do. And when they do that, that's when Lawrence is going to have to make teams pay. And so that was obviously a good sign there. And then the other thing was just CD land being able to overcome those drops because he, he obviously knows he was talking about after the game. It's obvious he's the number one wide receiver. And however anybody wants to put that, that's more pressure on you. And so the way he's playing in that first half of the game, you're thinking, and this this number one wide receiver thing is certainly weighing on him for him to overcome it with particularly on that series the four touch the four catches forty eight yards the touchdown that was so big for his confidence I mean that could take him to another level uh, to where he should be you know where he should be talent wise so those two performances really stood out to me and uh, and yeah I think that if you're a Cowboys fan you got to be pretty pleased with where they are right now um, I know the Giants aren't a great team but hey you won on the road. Take it. Keep going. Division win. That's about all I got. I can't get over the fact that two weeks ago, there was reason to speculate that this whole thing might be over. And here we are now going two and one and buckle up. Hold on to your butts. It's going to be a fun ride. So, John. That's the NFL, though, man. Yeah, I'm telling right. you, it just It's such a great league of parity. These first three weeks have been outstanding in Incredible. terms of the drama. So, yeah, Incredible. I can't. Uh, I can't. I, I Honestly, it's you expect it to eventually lose some interest and it just where it's going right now. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's in a good spot. It's very entertaining. The butt punt. I mean, all of it. It's all so yeah. good. It's all so yeah, you good. Got, got it. You got guys running, running around the back of the end zone. Amazing. Safeties Orlovsky style. I mean, yeah. <laughs> wild. Got to give a shout out to Turpin. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I don't think after seeing that Chargers preseason game, I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anybody in the next, I don't know, few games if he takes one to the house. He certainly has that ability. He's. It's interesting that no other team was interested in him. It's just that's, a numbers that's the game part that him. stands out to me. You you punt enough to him, he gets enough opportunities. Right. He's gonna have big plays. It's just um, absolutely, and, and it finally happened. Yeah. No, uh, I just can't believe another team wasn't interested in him. Not one yeah. other team. You know. From the, I'm talking USFL, why he was playing to after he was USFL MVP. There was nobody else well, we, interested in him. I feel like any team would ha- have a role for him somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably because no. he's so small. Honestly, he's so tiny. 
For sure. It's like me playing out there, literally. Yeah. Nick Garrison out no. there. Joe That's probably was, why no. it's just concerned. It's like, could he really, I don't play in this league. And Help you on offense. Yeah, where is he? Right. Where is he going to help you on offense? You know, Jerry's he's going to be a guy in your rest. Yeah. <laughs> Tell All him right, to come, well, on, come on here. Was he? Yeah. Did he just, uh, he just walked he behind is. you? Yeah. Sometimes, hey, sometimes, seriously, sometimes he he is up in this area, but I don't think he would still be. This he's is too late after I'm the game. I'm saying right now. Like, right. He's he literally right now. just walked. He just walked behind I think you. He's right, I think he's in there right now. It's no, a, somebody just left. I'm telling he you. Wa- just, somebody uh, walked in the door. It was dude. Jerry. Yeah, no, no. There are other people that are up here. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to replay that on the video. That's I think that was Jerry. Jerry just. All right, all right. I got to go. All right. Just in case. <laughs> yeah, dude, you need to go. All right, man. All the way up about them Cowboys are you five feet away from Jerry at all times. Um, Kent, uh, big win, two and one. Thank you, John, out there in New York. We will be back a little bit later this week as we get you ready for a nooner on Sunday against the Washington Commanders as the Cowboys try to improve to three and one. Keep following everything uh, on The Athletic. And once again, uh, following Father John Machado, who we keep pumping out that content all week long. Uh, for our producer, Kent Garrison, for Father John Machota, I'm KT. This has been a victory episode of About Them Cowboys. I got to see those lips.